traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Breeders' Cup weekend, guys and girls and all kinds of people in the horse business. It's the time that we find out who's the best and everywhere. And I tell you what, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Good day today. Santa Anita does a good job. Um, Breeders' Cup does a good job at 4 o'clock today on USA Network. Uh, I have live coverage of the Breeders' Cup, 4 to 7 or 8, I believe it is. And that'll be pretty good. You can come to our website and take a look and see what all we have Breeders' Cup wise. Got some good interviews on the website at intv.org. And it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, interesting thing, uh, today, uh, when I started going through the news and everything for the Breeders' Cup, it was interesting. I think we now have 13 horses that have scratched on Breeders' Cup, uh, uh, on the two Breeders' Cup days. Uh, very, very interesting to see, you know, what in the heck has happened here, uh, you know, with these horses getting foot injuries, uh, uh, getting, um, uh, you know, colds, coughs, you know, all kinds of things that, that have happened here. And it goes back to, you know, how does that happen? You know, wh- where does it go to? Um, you know, why why does this happen, you know, uh, at, at these – well, it happens everywhere, but it's just more noticeable, you know, during the big events like the Derby, the Preakness, the Belmont, uh, Breeders' Cup, you know, that type of thing. It's kind of interesting to see. But um, one of the things that um, I, I noticed uh, this week – I started going through some information here. And, you know, they say if you win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile uh, that you're not, you're, you're not going to do very well in the Derby. Not many Breeders' Cup Juvenile uh, Colts or Gildings have gone on to do, you know, much anything after that. And so I kind of got to looking at the, at the horses that ran uh, this year um, in the Kentucky Derby. And we literally only have one horse from uh, the Triple Crown races that'll be, you know, in this year's uh, Breeders' Cup, in any of the Breeders' Cup races. Uh, so I got to looking at all the ones that are missing. Uh, Kentucky Derby winner, Madge, uh, have two fills. Angel of Empire, Disarm, um, Hit Show, uh, Dermis Bokaida uh, from Japan. Sorry about that uh, on that name. Tap it Trice, Race Kane, Rocket Can, Confidence Game, Sun Thunder, Mandarin Hero, Reincarnate, King's Barn, King's Russell, Verifying, uh, Jace's Road, and Cyclone Mystery. None of them. None of them are here. What in the heck happened to these horses, you know, between May and, and November? Uh, you know, the same thing like, like uh, today. We uh, Tomorrow we start out with... Um, uh, you know, the Breezer Cup Juvenile, and that really kicks the road to the Kentucky Derby in. And, you know, we wonder how many of those horses that are going to be in, in the Juvenile will be around next May. We're going to keep track of that and see what happens to them and where they go. But it's an amazing attrition rate that we have from the time we really start gearing up our, our racing, you know, to this time of the year. Now, granted, we're, we're not going to be doing a lot of heavy-duty racing between now and the first of um uh, you know, uh, January, you know, it's all, everybody's getting realigned and where they're going to go and how they're going to go with the horses. And like we've talked about this plenty of times here, um, on IEN 
about how they get there to the Kentucky Derby. Well, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. It's all races, actually. You know, uh, it's all races. Who comes down, who's left, and who gets into the Breeders' Cup. And it's a tough road to go because these trainers have so many things that are involved in their in their training and they're getting there. And, you know, we're looking like at, um, you know, at Tanucci with her horse coming in, he got a foot injury. Um, you know, we started looking at Madge. He was up and down, you know, uh, with uh, uh, fevers and, you know, what have you, and, and just all kinds of things, you know, that are there. And it makes it really difficult for the trainers and the owners, you know, to get this far and have this much money into them, you know, to be sidelined by, by, you know, little, you know, colds and, you know, bruises and things of that nature. And that's really tough because now uh, uh, the way I see it is the whole year long, you're really beating your horses up. And and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean mean it in a good way. You're you're trying to get them – you know, black typed, you're trying to get them, uh, to make the most money they can, uh, do the best for your owners and everything. And, and that's a tough situation to be in. That's a real tough situation to be in if you're a trainer, you know, because you, you got to know where to go and how to go with them. But on the other hand, you know, you can't really, you know, beat your horses up. Um, and I'm, and like I said, I mean that in a good way, uh, or I should say use them up instead of beat them up. Um, cause back in the early eighties, when I went to work with Dewey Smith, um, he came out of Louisiana and Arkansas and we had a 12 horse stable and just about all the stables on the backside at, at Churchill and Kingland and, and, you know, all the different places that, that I was going to, uh, most of the big stables were 12 horses and that was it. You didn't have, you didn't have 24 or 40 horses going, you just had 12 horses. And when you came in, you'd enter, you'd go in you talk to the racing secretary, you tell them what horses you had. Uh, you know, where they'd been running, what they've been running for, what you're looking to run for. And then next thing you know, you had a condition book that was conducive to the stable of horses that you had. You know, and that, and that was really great. And nowadays, the, the money is so big out there that everybody's trying to get to the Breeders' Cup and trying to get, you know, uh, where they need to get to, uh, you know, and, and they're doing what they're racing what they have, have to race as often as they possibly can. We're getting to be almost like the standard better industry, almost. No, I'm just kidding, third-rate people. But, um, you know, that, that's the way it is. And so I started going through, you know, and looking at the horses, and, and that was a real interesting statistic that came up, that, um, uh, you know, the, the British Cup Classic is wide of U.S.-based 2023 Triple Crown horses. And that's that's scary. That's scary because at the 1st of May, you have what is, uh, you know, claims to be the best horses in the country. But then you turn around and you, what happened to them in June, July, August, September, October? You know, what happened to them those months that, you know, prevented them from being in the Breeders' Cup? You know, it just doesn't make sense. You know, and how many good horses are there out there leading into the, uh, you know, going for the Kentucky Derby, the 24-24, or 20-24 Kentucky Derby? How many people do you see not there out of all the horses? You get down to 20, and you wonder what in the heck happened, you know, to all those horses that were on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Where did they go? What happened to them? And then when you have the Kentucky Derby, all of a sudden, instantly, 
instantly, as soon as the Derby's over, two weeks later, you might find four or five horses out of the Derby at the Preakness. Maybe. Maybe if you're lucky. And then out of the Preakness, you see maybe one or two that might go on to the Belmont. So, you know, what's happening with our horses? What's happening with our programs? You know, how come we can't do like, hey, when in 1982, when I was with Dewey Smith, we had a tremendous barn. You know, we were winning stake races, uh, Louisiana Derby, uh, you know, all kinds of good money for 12 horses, for 12 horses now. We were all winning. And our Derby hopeful that year, El Baba, he only had five races going into the Derby. You know, it was one of those deals. You know, just you lightly did what you had to do. You got in by money earnings. And I think that's what was really good for the Derby, you know, back then. And maybe even better for it today. Because when you have to meet a money earning criteria, that means that you've got to select the good races, you know, and you got to go from there. And you don't have to win a lot of races to get, you know, get the money the way it is today. You know, you, you look at Arkansas, million and a half dollars for the Arkansas Derby, million dollars, you know, for all these different races. You know, two, win two or three of those and you're home free. You know, and that's what it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with it. So uh, it's kind of disappointing this year for the classic, but nevertheless, it's going to be a good classic. Um, and here, I, I really do think that... Uh, uh, we got some nice horses coming along. Um, I tell you, there's the, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a real good race. Um, it's one Philly in here. She is uh, just FYI. Uh, she ran. She was right off the pace in her debut. She kept going and going and going, and she ended up. Um, you know, uh, doing a, doing a good job over a sloppy track, and, and I think that um, you know we're, we're seeing you know good horses step up. Now you know that that was uh, that was interesting. You know uh, to see her come up and you know like uh, what she did. Uh, so you know there's all kinds of good races here. Uh, the one the one horse I think that might be able to uh, close and shut her down. Uh, and that, and that uh, turf sprint, the juvenile friend, Philly turf sprint, is it missed waves. Um, she she was closing ground in her in her last out. Uh, she finished second, and I, I just think she she's good. I like horses that close ground, especially the young horses. They know what it's all about. You know, they just don't know um, when to pull the trigger. You know, on them to see if they can finish up like they hope that they would do. Um, the juvenile Phillies is, is, is a great race. Um, that Tamara seems to be the one to, to beat, uh, FYI. Could be, it could be, uh, you know, uh, nose at the wire type of thing. Um, the Breeders' Cup, uh, juvenile Phillies turf, uh, is, is always a good race. A lot of good solid horses in there. Uh, very rarely do you see any of them come out and go on to the Derby, but you know, it's not impossible, but it could happen, you know, with it. Um, you know, I, I like the turf races, especially for young horses, because it gives you so much more that you can do with them. 
and what I like about the young horses on the turf is that usually extends their career a year uh, because you're thinking nothing but turf races and there really haven't been that many turf races over the years, you know, to uh, see what we, uh, you know, what they have in there. And that's what I like about it. You know, you're looking at probably five or six turf races a year for them. Now because, not because they can't do it. It's because they really don't write that many good turf races. But, you know, it's one of those things that's getting on the improve there and everything. So that's what I always, uh, you know, look at is these turf fillies and, you know, older careers, you know, maybe 15 or 16 starts by the time they're four or five years old. Um, you know, three or four or five a year, you know, is pretty good for them, I, I think. But, you know, I don't know much. Uh, if I did, I'd be training again and, and winning races. But, uh, you know, it, it tells you where I'm qualified at. You know, the thing that really gets me this year, and I do not know how this race is going to come out. I, I don't have a clue. In this race, we have uh, Todd Pletcher's got locked. Uh, locked is a good horse. Uh, um, his quarter, last quarter mile, uh, the last the last time out was just phenomenal. Um, you know, he, he won his maiden special weight up at Saratoga by seven and a quarter lengths. Um, you know, Locke came back in, overcame a wide trip to rally to, uh, win the Breeders' Cup Futurity at Keenum. Um, you know, so he, he's, he's right there. He's right on top of it. And, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what this horse does. If he steps forward or if he's going to be like, he could be like Forte was last year. Very well could be. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he will or not, but we'll see. Um, number four horse in here today is um, a horse named Timberlake. Uh, Timberlake is a nice is a nice horse. He runs good. Um, you know, he's got a ton of speed, but we don't know how, how he will manage that speed. That's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, he, he's going to be something else. Um, you know, all, all these races are set up this year, and I would say that this is probably the most well-balanced Breeders' Cup day ever. The, the horses that are on, on, on here, I think the whole card uh, today and tomorrow is is just pretty evenly matched. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, 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 a one of those um, gambling um, safaris, uh, you know, whatever you shoot at, you might get and win. You might see some good long shots in there. Um, it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what, how these races come out and come down. The track is in good shape. Uh, the weather's supposed to be good. There's just so much that's going to be there, you know, to, uh, um, give the patrons a dollar's worth of their money back easy. It's going to be easy, I think. I really do. Um, like I said, there's a lot of horses that aren't going to be there this year because of injuries. Uh, you know, only one from the Triple Crown races is going to be there. You know, so what do you do? You know, what do you do? Um, I'm looking here uh, just on our scratches alone to see, you know, to see what happened. We've got... Um, We'll start with the first race and then go right on through. We've got um, Charge for Gold, 
uh, Scratch, Askan, Crazy Hot, Honey Pants, Eddie's New Dream, uh, Last Call, London, Hedwig, April uh, Vintage, Al's Beach, Allie's Beach, uh, Go With Gusto, uh, Mo Fox, Fox Given. Um, then we get down here to um, the Wine Stewart, um, Erico Neo, River Timber, Liam's Journey, Grand Mo the First, and Thirsty John. That's a lot of horses. That's a lot of horses that are scratched out for various reasons. You know, and so we, we can't really tell you much more than that's what's happened to them. You know, and it's kind of sad. Um, it's kind of sad to see that, um, you know, we have a, a good industry, you know, but again, it's safety protocol. You know, a lot of these horses get scratched. It might have a, you know, a little bit of a bruise on their foot, um, you know, uh, temperatures, that type of thing. And, and it's good safety for the industry. It really is. Uh, you know, I, I'm sitting there thinking like $2 million, a million dollars. You know, that's a lot of money to, you know, to have to pass up one, you know, and wondering if it was preventable or what could happen. And, you know, that's like out here at Sunshine Meadows this week when we, we can, um, we've got the Florida bred, uh, stallion steak series for the next six weeks out here, uh, for Florida breads. And a couple of years back, we had a guy that he was the only horse in his division and he was all excited. He trained all summer long with us out here and, everything and then the horses going out onto the track to all he had to do is go around the track didn't have to didn't have to have a time or anything just get around the track and on the way out to the uh to the track he popped a stifle and couldn't run and so that purse money had to be fed back into the system you know and i said get so close you know but it, see it happens you know it happens to all breeds but um here in the breeders cup entries you know i was just sitting here looking um george weaver has got a uh, a good horse, a crimson advocate. Johnny Velasquez is riding on him. Um, he's, he's in the, uh, juvenile turf, uh, sprint. And usually we look at, uh, European horses and, and trainers out there, you know, like Wesley Ward, uh, has really got some good horses that he brought over. Uh, Michael Appleby has some good horses to come in. Aiden O'Brien. But all of a sudden, you start to look around. John Sadler, um, we, we start looking around, and then here we go. We got a 15 horse field for the juvenile uh, turf sprint, and George Weaver's got two in there. Uh, you know, I said, "Oh my goodness!" You know, look at here. Uh, he's got actually. Well, no, he's got three now. He's got three in there. But I mean, this is just a loaded race, and it could be any one of them. It could be any one of them, you know, because we're looking at young horses. We don't know what they're going to feel. We don't know how they're going to act when they get in front of that crowd and all that excitement, you know, what it's doing to them. But that's what I like about the horse business. Um, you know, you, you see some uh, uh, fantastic two-year-olds step out, you know, and step up, uh, you know, and nobody expected that, you know. And you ask the trainer, hey, did you know she was going to do that? Said, well, no, we didn't. Uh, you know, basically they say she trains very well. Uh, you know, uh, she was excited. Uh, we have no idea, and which is true. That's the good answer. They don't have any idea. And so that's what I like about Breeders' Cup Day. You see the very, very best, and you see who steps up and who steps out. 
especially in the young races. Man, that's exciting because you don't know where they'll show up, you know, this summer. And I guarantee you, most of these horses that win today will end up at Saratoga in August, and they'll end up at Kingland in the fall. You'll see them there. That's that's where you see the good ones. Um, then we got the the juvenile fillies. And I always like the juvenile fillies because you know you're starting to look at the uh, uh, you know the Kentucky Oaks. It's two million two million dollar purse. Post time is two forty p.m. Eastern time. For two-year-old fillies, you're going a mile in the 16th. It's a grade one. And this is a horse that really has puzzled me, and I've seen this horse a lot this year. Its name is Candy. Candy. And Todd Pletcher trains the horse. Um, this horse is really, you know, it's just got everything about it to, you know, that could be a superstar. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, with this horse. Um now, you know, every time I turn around and say that I like a horse, they, they end up, you know, losing. Um, I, I don't know why, you know, that ha- happens. But uh, there's another horse in here that's going to do real good. That's a, a, a spree enchantment. Um, it's a nice horse, a Peter Miller horse from California. And I think she'll do really good, you know, here on the on the uh, East Coast. Uh, I mean, and, uh, uh in California, I think she'll do really good, you know, out there. Um, see, Billy Mott's got a nice horse. Just FYI, I think that's a nice horse, uh, eight to one, uh, going out west. See, this is the other thing. All these horses from out east are going out west, so we don't know how they're going to do because there's, you know, such a big change in what they're doing. And also, um, it's kind of, it, Interesting to see. Uh, I usually like to look at um, trainer and jockey uh, combos, like Tom Amos and uh, Allies Beach. Um, uh, Tom Amos is really good. Tyler Gaffleyon uh, fits this horse real well. Uh, he fits it real well. So that, that'll be interesting. Uh, let's see. Then we jump over to the Juvenile Phillies turf. A lot of good horses in there. Uh, I think Aiden O'Brien, this, this might be, he's got content in there. And I think that might be uh, uh, the horse, uh, you know, for this race. Uh, it's a going a mile. Uh, he's got uh, Osiah Murphy on it. Uh, good rider. Uh, Billy Mott's got Ortiz on Gala Band. Uh, that horse should do very well. Uh, you know, it's going to be kind of interesting to see. Uh, how they do. Chad Brown, I think Chad Brown could have a breakout uh, weekend. Uh, he, he's got some nice horses. He's got uh, um, Hard to Justify uh, with Flavin Pratt in uh, in the race, and I think that might be a, an interesting combo to see what happens. Uh, but, you know, every time you turn around and you start looking at these races, you can look at all the statistics in the world and see what happens to them. You know, where they're going, you know, where they've been, what they're doing. And, and all these race horses that are coming in have earned their way into it. You know, they have earned their way into it. Some of them have silently earned their way into it. Other ones have, uh, you know, just broke out and said, oh man, you know, this is the right time of year for them to break out, you know, and it's what they're doing. Um, then when you get over, you know, over to the classic, uh, that's going to be such an interesting race because uh, we've got a few scratches in there. 
and, and that's that's going to be tough. Our, our Belmont winner's not going to be in there. They scratched out of it. Um, so it, it's just going to be kind of interesting to see what happens. But the best thing I can tell you is at 4 o'clock, get on fan on uh, USA Network and watch it. It, it, will, it will tell you a lot about what's going on uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, that, that is for sure. Um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I can't wait for Derby to get over so that we can get on to the Derby, the 2024 Kentucky Derby. That's what I'm looking for. You know, to get onto it, uh, Breeders' Cup is always fun. Um, it it kind of costs me, gives me a headache because when I start looking at Breeders' Cup, I got to go over all the stats, all the statistics, got to go everything there, and that gets to be tiresome after a while. And you know, like for example, like with the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, uh, you know, we're looking at next year's uh, Kentucky Derby starter is what we're looking at. You know, who, who's going to make the Kentucky Derby? You know, out of these 11 horses that are going to be running, where are, you know, when and where are they going to go from here? You know, this is, was the goal to get here and evaluate them and see if you got a horse possibly for the Derby and how do you get to get there to them? Do you go a soft route with them? You know, meaning that, you know, you just kind of choose, you know, choose and pick your next three or four races before the Derby. Because you got to remember, folks, we're six months away from the Derby. We'll be six months away from the Derby after this month. And so, you know, I started looking at them, and I looked at, I'm going to go through all these horses here, you know, for you real quick. There's a horse in here with Michael Maker has. His name's Weinshire. Uh He's breaking from the number one post. Um, he's got four lifetime starts. He's got $370,000 uh, $370, in, in earnings. His last start was in, at Kingland, and uh, that was in October. So, you know, this set him right up. He's four weeks off, you know, coming into this one to prove himself. And so, you know, that, that was good. So then uh, we go down to um, uh, Prince of Monaco, uh, Bob Baffert's horse. Yeah, Bob Baffert's horse, this horse has got three starts, um, lifetime starts, he's made $327,000 in three starts. His last um, race was uh, September 23, prepped him, uh, you know, good. That was out in um, uh, California. He was out at Delmore. So, you know, he's been seasoned properly, but it's old school. See, you know, some of these races, it only had two or three you know, races, it's old school. So the Breeders' Cup, uh, you know, Juno will make his fourth race. And then, you know, you can lay him off until, you know, December and, and kind of slowly start bringing him back, back in. That's Prince of Monaco. And uh, he, he's a nice horse. Um, wind me up. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's a horse that I, I don't know why he's here. I, I just, I really don't, I can't see it. Uh, his last start was uh, October. See, his last uh, yeah it was October, and um, he's made uh, two starts and got a hundred thousand dollars. So I don't know if they're jumping him up too quick, uh, you know, to to this kind of uh, company. Uh, but but again, 
It's a Bob Baffert horse. So, you know, Bob always comes in with these horses ready to run. So that that's got me thinking. You know, California, Bob Baffert, home field advantage. Maybe that's what he's doing. He's taking a home field advantage with this horse. But I don't think we'll see him into Kentucky Derby. I just don't think we'll see, see him there. Uh, I just don't see it. He's a Vino Rossi, which uh, he's got the distance, but I just don't think he's going to have the, the bottom side that's going to help carry him through. Um, Brad Cox has got Timberlake. Uh, that's a nice horse. Uh, his last start, uh, again, was uh, in October, uh, the 1st of October. And, and I tell you, he, he did all right. He's got um, four starts, 375000 um, we got uh, Enrico Neo. I think he, he was scratched today. Uh, he looks pretty good. Uh, but, see, again, he's he's got... Um, uh, he's got uh, it's a Japanese horse. Uh, he's got two starts and it's made fourteen thousand dollars. So you know, I, I think he might be in over his head. A lot of times, the uh, Japanese will tend to do that. They they get um, looking at the money here in the states that they're coming to run for, and they get thrown in. It's a whole different ball game for them, and it's really tough. Now this this is this is my favorite right here, and it's not because it's Todd Pletcher's horse. Is because he's come the same route, the same route that Forte has come. Uh, this horse has got um, three starts. He's got four hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars in earnings. And I tell you what, he he is a monster. Uh, he is a monster. Um, Todd's got him right and ready. His last start was um, at King, twenty-third uh, of October. Before that, he had two starts at Saratoga. And I mean, he is just unbelievable. Um, he's got um, three wins in two seconds and a third in, in his in his lifetime. And I, I tell you, he's a monster. I I just don't think that that uh, this horse has been woke up yet. He kind of knows what it's about, and he can flat out hit it and get it. You know, and it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, what happens with it. Um, <laughs> I tell you, you know, I, I love the breeding on, on it. Um, he, he's a nice, nice, good-looking horse. He's a gun runner. Uh, and, and I tell you, it's going to be interesting to see. He might set gun runner up, up for another big, big stakes winner, you know, that we have out here. But and then, and then we come back. We got uh, Cuban Thunder, um, Irish horse, uh, really nice, nice horse. He's got forty-four thousand and eight start or six start. Uh, no, eight start trends, eight start that's right. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens, you know, with him. Another horse that was thrown into this uh, uh, group of horses, Chad Brown's horse. Uh, um, I don't think much of him. His name is General Partner. Um, he's okay. Uh, he's made, um, he's had a lifetime three starts and made 184,000 the first, second, and third. So, um, you know, it's, uh, see what he, what he's doing. Um, fierceness, uh, Todd Pletcher's horse. Todd says he got no idea what this horse can do. He said he doesn't have a clue. He's the first horse in a long time that he can't tell you anything about. Just doesn't have a clue. Could be there. Could be there right on top of everything. Got Johnny V in the saddle. 
Um, that horse has got um, uh, two starts. He got one win and made uh, $62,000. You know, they must see something in him to nominate him to this, to not do anything, you know, in three starts and only got $62,000. You know, they they got to see something in him. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but you're gonna, it's going to be interesting to see. And then uh, another uh, Bob Baffert Hart, uh, Moot. Uh, this horse is... Uh, He's got uh, three lifetime starts. He's got made two hundred and uh, and uh, $56,000 there. You know, and again, it's West Coast home field advantage. And conceivably, Bob can run first and second in this race. And then this is a horse that they've talked about for a long time. Noted. It's a, it's a Todd Fletcher horse. This horse can flat out hit it and get it. You know, there's just no two ways about it. I, I, I'm telling you, every time I've seen this horse on the track, training, or racing, I'm telling you what, he, he has got something. He's got a whole nother gear. And I just don't think the horse knows it yet. He's never been put in a situation where, you know, it, it was serious. I mean, they're all serious races, but this horse, I think, is flat out is going to get it. And I think he's going to be the horse to, to upset them all. Uh, and note that. That's all I can say. Note it in, in a juvenile. But, you know, again, like we were talking about all the races and, you know, everything, how do they get there and what they're doing and how do they do it? You know, it, it's, uh, it's all different. Uh, you know, all these trainers are different. Um, you know, this is Bob's backwards year to shine, maybe. Uh, they're all West, you know, he's a West Coast guy. Uh, he's got a lot of horses running. You know, it could be his time. You know, he could have that home field advantage. But then yet again, we got some East Coast horses that are coming in that might be taking them down. We got some unknown trainers, unknown horses coming in. You know how the Japanese horse is going to do? Uh, they might like the West Coast, um, you know, uh, uh, lifestyle. Uh, they might like that. You never can tell. And that's what I like about these two days. These two days, and out of all the Breeders' Cup races, uh, races that we've ever had, I think today and tomorrow are, is the day that you're going to see a lot of upsets and you're going to see a lot of surprises. I think that's what's going to happen here. Uh, it, I just feel it. You know, you, you can feel it. Um, you know, the, <laughs> the one thing that that I like about California and California racing is the laid back atmosphere that they have. Um, it's really good. You know, the train facilities are good. Santa Anita is, is great. Um, you know, in fact, everybody was talking at one time about having the, the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita every year. They just do such a good job. You know, it's a horse community. Uh, it's all about the horses and that's what I'm glad to see. You know, it's, it's happening out there. Now, in the Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, it's kind of unusual uh, how these horses got to the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, Archangelo um, in here uh, for, uh, for Jenna Antonucci, he bruised his foot and he's out of the race. He bruised his foot and he's out of the race. So, you know, what can you do? Uh, that happened about three or four days ago. 
she noticed he wasn't standing on it right, wasn't walking on it right. So they decided to scratch the horse. He couldn't make the medical protocol, you know, that, that we've set up. So that's unfortunate. You know, you're, you're sitting there looking at the Belmont winner, um, you know, out of there. And that, that would have been, you know, a, a classic for this mile and a quarter race. Now, here's a horse that's been knocking on the door quite a bit this year. In fact, I, I what I liked about him, he's been second. Let's see. Five times in a row, he's been second. So he's always been there. They just got to figure out what to do on him. Um, they've had uh, one, two, three, four, five different jockeys on him. You know, uh, I, I don't know. The horse is in a state of confusion, I think. But he's one of those horses that, you know, that could, that could jump up there and, and get something. Flavin Pratt has rode him quite often, uh, but not, not recently. So, but he's back on him, uh, you know, um, uh, the last race out and he wins. Now, uh, we got Frankie DeTore coming. Frankie DeTore is going to ride this horse. And I think Sandon is going to be the horse to beat. Because Frankie DeTore is there, and he's got a fire in him like there's no tomorrow. And I think Zandon is going to get get his true um, true rewards in, in this race. I think he wins the race. Uh, I just really like how he runs. I like the jockey. Um, I like the Chad-Brown combo, uh, everything. I think it's going to be right there on, on top of it. Now, a long time ago down here in Florida, uh, you know, I saw White of Barrio. He's a, he's a nice horse, but he's like your sister, like taking your sister to the dance. You know, you're going, you're in company, good company, but you know it just doesn't. It's not right. It's just not right. Um, Detro uh, finished serving up his suspensions, and he took over the horse, and he's done pretty good with the horse. You know, last time out, uh, he's had him two times. He had a third uh, up at Belmont with him. And then he he come in and he went to Whitney with him uh, at Saratoga. So, you know, horse trainer combination, jockey combination is pretty good. I read Ortiz when ran ran on him um, uh, in, in the uh, Whitney, and so they got that combination back. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with with this horse. Um, he he's he's going to be a I don't say a tough one because um, I never thought this horse was really a tough horse. I really didn't, and I, and I shouldn't say that uh, because uh, I just don't know what the deal is with him, you know, trying to get out there and run. So, uh, you know, I said all of a sudden the Classic, we're starting to look in Classic. We've got Archangelo, which I thought was the winner. He's out. You know, Wider Barrio, you know, he, he's Getting lesser, you know, lesser competition running. Um, Mr. Cut uh, is a nice horse. Uh, John Sadler has been. Uh, he hadn't really set the world on fire. He's got 11 starts. He's got five wins a second. He made $285,000 in, in earnings. So he's not there. And then this, um, this Derma Soda Cake, uh, this Japanese horse. Um, he's made a million hundred sixty-two thousand dollars. Nice horse, you know. Been over in Europe, um, over in Japan, running. 
Um, so you look at him, his last time out, uh, he got beat uh, by eight lengths. Uh, the time before that, he had a win in a third or fourth, or sixth, or eleventh. You know, so he, he's really kind of like new to the winner's circle. Uh, he's been training good, they say. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens with that. But, you know, like I said, we got to get all the updates on them and everything. Saudi Crown is a nice horse. Saudi Crown is, uh, I tell you, he, he's hes ready to roll, I think. Uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Uh, I tell you, Brad Cox, might, this might be Brad Cox's day here, you know, with this horse, uh, to see what happens with him. Uh, they've tried a lot of things with him. Um, I tell you, I, I'm trying to find something that really outstanding, you know, for me, you know, to see what he's done. Um, and he, he's, he's always been solid, uh, but never consistent. So we're going to see what happens with him. I, I think Brad might have him in the right spot. Brad's good at getting, getting everything out of a horse that he can. You know, um, that's going to be interesting to see. Hey, Clapton for um, uh, Chad Summers. Chad Summers is now surfacing again. You know, where's he been? You know, what's he been doing? And what, what's um, what's got me interested in this one is this horse. Most of its career um, was trained uh, by a different trainer, and then all of a sudden, you know, Chad gets a hold of him. And, and can I think Chad might have done something with him and got him there, um, you know? But this horse has run twenty four times, made eight hundred twenty three thousand dollars the hard way, and that's just going to be something interesting to, to see. Um, you know, another Japan horse, Ushaiba Tessiro. He, he's again. You know, he's made $9 million in 30 starts. His last out, he win, he, he last before that win, 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 win. This horse is on a winning streak. You know, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins in a row. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, with him. Uh, he's actually dropping weight. He'd been carrying 128 pounds and now he's going to carry 126. But again, it's the Japanese style of training. I, I think they're getting close. I think they're getting close. And, and the best thing that I could say is, you know, and, and I flew a lot of horses from in Stone Air Services uh, over here from Japan. And I found out talking to the trainers and to the owners and everything, the best thing to do with the Japanese horses is to get them over here early. Get them over here early. Because the longer you keep them in Japan, you know, the tougher it is for them when they come over. And I've seen a lot of these horses just sink to the bottom, you know, when they come over. Uh, my, my suggestion is to get over here and run run the Saratoga meet, run the Churchill Kingdom fall meet, spring meet. You know, get, get them acclimated to, to the country and see what they do. Uh, you know, it's going to be uh, a tough race. There's a whole lot of nice horses in here. Um, that Arabian Knight, that's going to be the favorite. And I tell you what, I like Bob Baffert. I, I like the I like the jockey flavor and Pratt on here. But I tell you what, I think Arabian Knight's in the wrong game. You know, I, I really do. I, I think this horse is, 
in the wrong game. I think he should be on the turf. I think he would really do good on the turf, you know, to see what happens with him. Um, as far as he's, he's done good, he's made a million two hundred forty-four thousand. Uh, he's got uh, four wins and three. Uh, he's got a lifetime start uh, that he has uh, here. He's got a dollars so he's pretty good. You know, and then Proxy, this is a horse that I, I tell you, if you ever want to see a long shot, I think this is a horse is going to be the long shot. Um, he's trained by Mike Stidham. Uh, Joel Rossio is going to ride him. This horse has made $2 million in 19 starts. Um, he's always right there. He threw a bad race about uh, two races ago. And then, you know, pretty much been consistent first, second, or third through his whole career. But, you know, <laughs> the thing of it is, is you never do know what's going to make a horse race. You never do know. And I tell you what, there are some nice horses running today and tomorrow. Uh, you can go in, and it's going to be one of those race days that, uh, you know, the wife is going to see uh, see the horses, and they're going to say, oh, my goodness, he's pretty. You know, but he hadn't done nothing, the husband says, and then they win. The, the, the wife wins. Yeah, so that, that's what it's going to be be pretty good there. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things, like I said, we're going on in the in the horse industry, and I just ramble on, and I get so excited and so confused and think I know something, and I know I don't. And, you know, it's just things like that that I do. We, had nobody call in today at 323-744-4831. I didn't have anybody call in today, so that's a little disappointing, but nevertheless, I'm having fun. Um, I can't play, I play golf worse than I do, uh, do podcasts to give you an idea of <laughs> what kind of life I have. But, uh, no, I, I really enjoy doing it and everything. It's good. Um, the website's really doing really good. Um, get a lot of hits on that every day. Uh, that we have on there. We got a lot of quick links, uh, you know, to, uh, the things that we do, like, uh, uh, Sunshine, uh, Meadows is our, um, farm of the week. Uh, we do a lot of things out here more than horses. Uh, we've got a, a artist, the artists at Sunshine Meadows come out and, uh, they're, some of them are horsemen, some of them are, they're just artists and they had a real good art show out here with us. Uh, we've got the Sunshine Meadows, uh, uh, Florida bred, uh, stake races for the next, uh, six weeks out here. And that, that'll determine their champion of the year. Uh, it's a, it's a small program, but they're doing pretty good, uh, on it. Uh, I was really, uh, surprised with the small numbers they have, but they do good and they're trying. And the Florida bred program is pretty much at, at the end stage, kind of like Pompano. Um, they just kind of died off and, and, you know, but it's still, nevertheless, they still have some of them, you know, running and, and everything. So for this year and next year, they'll, they'll be here, uh, you know, that we're here. Got a real good interview with Todd Pletcher on his Breeders' Cup uh, contingency uh, on there. Uh, he tells what he thinks about it and, you know, how he feels. And you can get, you can kind of get a feel his body language and his, and his voice, you know, what he thinks and, and I've known Todd for a long time, and I think he's going to fare well this year. I think he, he'll do really good that we have there. Um, we've got some, some good things, you know, on there. Got the November sale coming up here next week, uh, next month, 
or next next uh, couple of weeks here uh, from uh, the Fasic Tipton. Um, it's um, the um, the the big the big the biggest sale I think that they have every year is is the one right after Breeders' Cup. It's a November sale, and that'll be coming up here uh, on Tuesday uh, that we have here. So that that'll be interesting to see how that goes. And then, um, we, of course, we get down and we got the Breeders' Cup uh, uh, at Santa Anita Park. Got some good things on there. Wesley Ward does really good when he goes to Ascot and when he tra- he, he trains year round for the Breeders' Cup and for uh, Ascot. So he does very well there. You know that uh, that, uh, that he does. And then, of course, you know we're getting down to starts off our uh, uh, how they get there the twenty four twenty four Kentucky twenty twenty four Kentucky Derby. Uh, that starts off uh, to, uh, to, uh, tomorrow, actually, um, for us. That's when it starts off. Uh, we start uh, documenting and we start uh, uh, following uh, two horses that we're going to follow to the uh, Kentucky Derby next year. And uh, we got a trainer that we're following and an owner that we're following. And you're going to see what they do and how they how they do it to get to the Kentucky Derby. And that's on our website, and it'll be along with our um, podcast. Every week we're going to have a segment on how they get there. And uh, we'll start with the, uh, you know, with the owners. Uh, right now we've got uh, uh, the owner's view on there, the economics of racehorse ownership. That's what the owner has to look at, you know, is what does he do, uh, you know, because he's the one foot in the whole bill and everything. And, and you know, he determines everything. He has the final say, but you see how he kind of um, uh, does his due diligence in the people that he puts together, and how they, you know, get to where uh, to the Kentucky Derby, and and it's all an economic thing. Uh, you know how they decide what races to run in. Um, you know who the jockey will be, who transports the horses, uh, how they feed them inside the, you know, uh, on shoeing them. Uh, the decision to run in the Kentucky Derby. You'll see all of the Kentucky Derby prep races on IEN every week. They will be on IEN every week. So just tune in and you'll see all the prep races and we'll keep you, you know, uh, uh, informed on who's on the leaderboard, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. Then we, then we'll have the decision to run in the Kentucky Derby and then we'll have actually have the Kentucky Derby itself on there. But one of the things that um, I think people really enjoy is we have Lafitte Pinkai. Um, he is on there, uh, is on our uh, jockey segment. And it's a real good uh, behind the scenes on how Pinkai got to where he got and what he had to do and all the ups and downs. It's really a, a good uh, segment, to, you know, to watch. And then uh, down at our equine sales, um, it's educational buying a thoroughbred and kind of goes through a little bit of, um, of West Point thoroughbreds on what they do and how they buy thoroughbreds. It's very informative. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that take a good look at what they're doing and all. And then, and then the best part of the whole website now is what I started. And uh, you're going to really be surprised when this thing takes off. It's called Triple Crown Traditions. Um, what it is, 
is I was trying to think of uh, a lot of things that, that go into the horse business. What makes the horse business the horse business? And it's traditions. It's the the annual uh, pilgrimage to people to Churchill Downs, Pimlico, Belmont, Santa Anita, Del Mar, you know, the Triple Crown races, the Breeders' Cup. And so I was sitting around the farm thinking a couple things about it. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put together a, a nice little documentary, an hour-long documentary. And we've got some good partners that are going to partner up, and we'll, we'll name them off next week once I have the contract signed, you know, from these guys. But we're going to have some celebrity chefs and, and some trainers and jockeys and everything. But it's called Triple Crown uh, Tradition. Uh, for example, Churchill Downs um, for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, you have things like uh, Derby Pie, Kentucky Burger, Barbecue, the Mint Julep. So what we're doing is at Churchill Downs, we're going to have one trainer, one jockey, and we're going to have one owner. And they're all going to come together Derby Week, and they're going to have a cook-off. And they're going to bring their own recipes, and some of them might be 100 years old, uh, but they're going to bring their own recipes. And they're going to fix them there, Derby Week. Um, the celebrity judges will judge them, and then we'll have a winner. And we're going to do the same thing at Pimlico. It's going to be different trainers, different owners, different jockeys. But it's going to be um, Preakness. It's going to be all about the Preakness, uh, the, the fever that you get when you go to Pimlico for the Preakness. And we're going to find out some of the recipes they have, and some of the recipes they have would be like Maryland crab cakes, uh, you know, seafood. That's Pimlico. And so we'll say, again, we'll have an owner, trainer, jockey, you know, go to a cook-off, and then they'll have a winner there. So that's our second winner. Then we then we go to Belmont. And at Belmont, it's, it's going to be steak, high-end dining. You know, it's going to be the traditions, you know, uh, of Belmont. Uh, New York, New York. And then we'll have a, a trainer. Uh, owner jockey, and we'll have a winner there. So now we got three winners from three different, uh, you know, uh, tracks of the Triple Crown. So then at the Breeders' Cup, at the Breeders' Cup, we're going to have the final championship. We'll have the three winners of uh, from Churchill, Pimlico, and Belmont uh, show up at the Breeders' Cup, and they're going to have a, a, a championship uh, cook-off. Between them, it'll be their own recipe uh, that they that they bring in. Uh, we don't want it uh, to be a theme like Churchill's going to be a theme, Pimlico, New York, Belmont's going to be a theme. And when they get to the Breeders' Cup, all all rules are off. They're going to make whatever they think is going to win the, win the Triple Crown Championship. And so we're going to do that. And I think that'll be exciting because, uh, you know, uh, very rarely do you get to see uh, owners and trainers, you know, and jockeys all in the same, you know, frame together. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, their world never never gets gets together except early in the mornings at the track, you know, and then the winter circle. And so that's a triple crown tradition. And we'll explain about the traditions of all three tracks and, you know, why they do it. But more importantly, what we're hoping for, we're hoping to put together a video uh, weekly uh, of Triple Crown tradition recipes. 
and we, and, you know, we invite everybody to send a recipe in to ienequinetv at gmail.com. Um, send us your recipe for the Triple Crown tradition so that we can get it on air and we can get it in print and just, you know, let, let everybody know, you know, what it is. Now, our first recipe that we've got that came in was a hot brown bake. And it's really interesting. Hot browns are really good. People really love them. And we'd like to see you, uh, you know, hear from you and see what they're doing, uh, you know, uh, for, for that. But I think it'll be something interesting. Uh, cooking shows are usually pretty, uh, you know, pretty good here. Uh, you know, they're on a hundred times a week. But so now we're in kind of like in the same direction, you know, for the thoroughbred uh, horses. You know, kind of see what they do. It's a tradition. And, you know, it's a big tradition. You know, everybody goes to the Derby, you know. They dress up. They they got a tradition. It's a, usually a week-long thing. Same thing with the Preakness and, and the Belmont Stakes, you know. And now with with the Breeders' Cup. If you go in there and click on to uh, our, our links to get to the Breeders' Cup, oh, man, it'll blow your mind everything that they're doing, where they're doing it, and how often they're doing it, you know. And it gives you something to look forward to and plan for. So. Guys, I appreciate everybody uh, at BBS. Everything's going good. Didn't have any call-ins, and that tells me who I can count on and who I can't count on. So that makes my life a lot easier. And one good thing about it, I don't have any critics. I don't have nobody listening to the show. I got no critics. So in my mind, I'm doing great. And uh, guys, have a blessed weekend. Uh, go out and see the horses. Watch the Breeders' Cup this week. And we'll look forward to next Friday at 2 o'clock.